you have your Bibles tonight, turn to the book of Matthew chapter number 15, Matthew chapter number 15, and we're going to begin to read with verse number 1, Matthew chapter number 15, beginning to read with verse number 1. And thinking and studying and looking at some things through the week and even as early as this morning. And the theme we've been trying to look at on, I reckon you say, on Sunday nights for the past couple of Sunday nights is, is uh, I reckon you'd say, just getting back to the, getting back to the old way, getting back to what matters, getting back to not necessarily having to have all the bells and whistles, but needing the Lord more than we need anything else. And uh, I'd say that there's literally a thousand things that went through my mind as we would begin to, you know, a lot of studying's done. Of course, you've got to read the Word of God. But then studying's done when you can think upon the Word of God, when you can dwell upon it, when you can take it with you and, and just sit down and, and allow God's Word to, to, to come to you, ministering to you, make a difference. I see a lot of times today that there's not a lot of us that really be honest, we don't really want a difference made a whole lot. We we not really got a desire for a difference to be made. We'll we'll say we do, but by the time we leave the house of God, we're right back in the same rut we was when we before we got here. And uh, if we're not careful, that'll be the characteristic of our life, and uh, it, it'll be what we think is normal. Uh, but what's normal for a child of God? Normal for a child of God is to seek Him is to, to, to desire Him, is to desire to be what He wants us to be. We, and I thought about the Scripture this week that God said, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And I got to wondering what's happened to holiness. What's happened to holiness among, amongst the people of God? What's, uh, what's taking place? And I... Or you think on things, things begin to swell, things begin to get larger and larger. Tonight we're going to look at a subject. We're not going to, we're going to be very brief. We're not going to be long tonight. Only have two pages of notes, and, but I hope that it'll it'll do us some good if we will listen to what God would have for us to, to hear this evening. Matthew chapter number fifteen. We're going to begin to read with verse number one. Matthew chapter 15, and beginning to read with verse number 1. Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the traditions of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and thy mother, and mother, and he that curseth father and mother, let him die of the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me. And honor not, uh, honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have you made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Ye hypocrites, well did his eyes prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh to, unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. 
But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the multitude and said unto them, and said unto them, Hear and understand. Not that which not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth is defi this defileth a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? Do not yet ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth into the mouth goeth into the belly, and is cast into the draught, cast out into the draught? Those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the, from the heart, and they defile the man. Verse 19 and 20 is now where I want to take my text from tonight. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, theft, false witness, blasphemies. These things are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashing hands defileth not a man. Heavenly Father, thank you for my Bible again. God, help us tonight. You know what we stand in need of. God, I pray that you give us the help we need. God, speak to our hearts, we pray one more time. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And be seated. Tonight, I want to talk to you, if I can, for a few minutes on the subject of the sin of thought. The sin of thought. When you begin to think about uh, having a desire to be holy, first of all, you're not going to worry much about the sin of thought if you don't have a desire to be holy. The Lord said, Be ye holy, for I am holy. The Bible said in Hebrews, Follow peace with all men in holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Holiness is a necessity if we want to, if we want to grow, and if we want to be a, 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 a good influence in this life that we live. Now, holiness is not a religion, but holiness is a way of life. Holiness is something that we choose to do, and we in a way that we choose to live. And first part of being holy, when you think about having revival, I mean, anybody need revival today? Anybody say, boy, I really would love to see revival. I'd love to see true revival in our church. And, and you know, I, I know that we're living in the last days, and, I, and I'm not throwing up, I'm not waving the white flag. I'm not saying that there cannot be revival in our churches because I believe there can be revival. I believe that the Lord still... I believe he still wants to revive, but it's going to, be on the, uh, it's going to be on people that desire this revival. I'm talking about people who turn their hearts toward God and, and long for him and, and long for the things of God in a very uh, intense way. So uh, holiness has got to be that desire that we have to be more like him, to have that holy way of life, to be uh, that individual that's... Uh, uh, that's overtaken and, and, and dwelt uh, by the things of God. And I, I began to, to think on this, and I thought about what is one of the things that, 
uh, that would hinder and would keep us from uh, from really de dedicating and from really getting to the place where that we would say, I, I, you know, I, I want to be holy regardless. I want to be faithful to God, and I want to love God not just on Sunday and, and not just when I'm around the church, but I want to love God when there's nobody else there but me. And I want to love God when there's nobody else around that's saved but me. I want to love God before the world. I want the world to know that I love Him. I want, to, I want people to know that God lives within me. That's, uh, that's holiness. Uh, and when we would have that, that, that attitude and, and when we would have that desire, then we, would, we could consider ourselves being on the way to holiness. But let me say this. When you begin to get that way and get in that direction, there is a sin that so often comes about our way, and that is when we get the wrong type of thinking. Uh, sin begins in the heart and the mind. All right? What is the heart, first of all? The, the heart, first of all, let's look at verse number 19 again. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, theft, false witness, and blasphemies. Out of the heart is what he said. Now notice this, for out of the heart proceeded, the first thing he said was evil thoughts. Now we don't, do we think with what we know of as a heart today? We do not. But we think with our intellect, with our mind, God, that organ that God gave us, gave us that is so vital in our existence, without our mind telling us to breathe and telling our body to breathe, we would not be able to do so, okay? That's what happens when a person enters into eternity. Their mind shuts down. and They begin to, at that time, depart, and their reflexes leave them. And, well, that's just the way, the way, the way things go. But the word heart is this. The word heart means the intellect or the mind. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 17, Jeremiah chapter number 17, let me go over here real quick, and I, we're going to turn a little bit tonight, uh, but we're going to, it's going to be brief. Uh, Jeremiah chapter number 17 in verse number 9. You ought to color this verse in if you hadn't already in your Bible. Jeremiah chapter number 17 and verse number 9. In your King James Bible, it says this. It says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart is deceitful above all things. In other words, uh, that, that, that this thing that we call the heart, he's not talking about this thumping muscle that's within our chest that's pumping blood through our body. But the, the, this thing, remember, that the heart is the intellect or the mind or the intellect of man. That is where the heart is. And, and Jeremiah said this thing is desperately wicked. He said the heart is the deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Uh, so this heart, uh, it, it consists of, of, of in, the, in this Hebrew thought, this, this Hebrew word here in Jeremiah that we read, that, that this word heart means the intellect or, or the mind. Then you go to the book of Matthew chapter number 15 where we're at today and you look at where he said in verse 19, for out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts. And the word heart in the Greek here, it means the thoughts or the feelings, which, 
would be the same thing. It is the emotion. It is the emotion that that the, the, the thought the thought process and that this thing. Remember that Jeremiah said that it's wicked and it, it's got to be controlled. It it it, it has a it, it well it just it don't have you don't have the ability in your own power to control it, friend. We do not. <coughs> you, you, ever, you ever get you ever you ever have things cross your mind and you don't know where they come from. You ever had just something just totally wicked come through your mind, and it just popped through your mind from any from nowhere? That ever happened to you? Well, you know uh, that that those things happen. And sometimes we just lie down and we say, "Well, there's nothing we can do about that." But there is something we can do about it. There is something we can do about it. But the deal is that we don't come to the place in our life that we really want to do anything about it because maybe we don't know what to do about it. I don't know. Uh, but we, we just succumb to the, to the fact that we're evil and our heart's desperately wicked and there's nothing we can do about it. And that's what Jeremiah said. And in Proverbs chapter 23, in verse number 7, the preacher said, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. There we go. We're thinking in our heart again. It ought to let you know where, where your heart is by the word of God. Amen. Ought to let you know where the intellect of man is. Ought to let you know where this thing's all, where, where it is and where it consists of. Uh, but so so we, we know that in our sinful way of thinking, in our way of thinking, there are there is the sin of thought. We can have thoughts that go out of control. And if we never learn to control them, they will go out of control. They will wind up. And there's no telling where it winds up. Y'all remember Jeffrey Dahmer? Remember Jeffrey Dahmer? He was a psychopath killer. Uh, I mean, he, you know, you know, he was, uh, he, he would, man, he was a, uh, he was so ungodly, but and now he, I will say this: I don't know if you understood him, but he did profess faith in the Lord while he was in prison. Said he got born again, and uh, and and he told a lot. He said that his uh, that this thing with him began uh, as a child, and and he was uh, fantasizing with magazines, and uh, he'd take these magazines, these magazines that a child had no business having. By the way, I'm not going to run no rabbit right there, but there's a lot of things a child ain't got no business having. All right? There's, there's just a whole lot of things that they don't have any business having. You don't never know how their minds are being warped. You don't never know how it's going to affect them in their minds. You better be careful, and, and uh, you, you, don't need a, you don't need a babysitter as much as you need a child whose heart's protected because it's desperately wicked. We need to guard, uh, guard our hearts. Ain't that what the Proverbs also says? We got to guard it. Now, and I tell you, if I got to guard mine, you know who else I got to guard? I sure got to guard my children and my grandchildren. Uh, they're, they're worth guarding, don't you think so? They're, they're worth being unpopular sometimes. That's the problem sometimes with too many mamas and daddies today is you're worried about being popular or being not, not being popular with your children. I'm going to tell you what, there was times I didn't like my mama and there was times I didn't like my daddy but I'm thankful today that my mama and my daddy was my mama and my daddy, and they wasn't my best friend. 
Amen. So, so understand that, that this thinking and the, and the way that we think today, it can be desperate to the eternal well-being of your children and of your family. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. I know most of the time I take, I write down the scripture so you don't have to do a lot of turning. But I don't think it's going to hurt you to turn a little bit tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. And look with us at verse. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read beginning with verse number 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. Now, I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in, who in presence am base among you, but being absent and bold towards you. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with you, or present uh, with that confidence wherewith I think uh, to be bold against some, which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Listen to this. For the weapons of our warfare are carnal, or, or I'm sorry, are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. Listen to that. Casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of of Christ. Let me ask you a question now in this uh, in on this point here. I want to ask you what consumes your thoughts? That's on an individual basis. I, the same thing consumes my thoughts may not consume your thoughts. The same thing that that we think upon and and I know the theory and I pre preacher you trying to get us so heavenly minded we ain't no earthly good. You ought to try it for a minute and see how earthly good you'd be. That's just, a car, that's just a carnal way of saying I'm not going to do what God wants me to do. That's what it, that's what it is. And uh, I, I, matter of fact, I totally disagree with that statement right there. I used to use it myself, but you ain't heard me use it in a long time. That's a false statement. You cannot be too heavenly. You cannot be too holy to where you're not any, any good. You become holy. You become heavenly minded. and God's going to use you in some way. All right. But I wonder, what is it that, that consumes your thoughts? You. Brother Philip, if I were to ask you tonight to stand up and tell us, what do you think of more than you do anything else? And I'll not do that. If I were to ask you to do that, and you had no other choice but to be judgment day honest, what would you have to say? Would it be work? A lot of folks, you ever, you ever knew anybody that brought work home with them? Man, I'm telling you, I know some folks. Listen, I... I remember one fellow, when I pastored at Associate, I raised one guy. I loved him. He worked for the Postal Service, and y'all know what I'm talking Y'all be quiet. Uh, he worked for the Postal Service. when he. It didn't matter if you seen him at church. He was talking about the Postal Service. It didn't matter if you saw him on the deer stand. And he didn't deer hunt, by the way. But he was going to talk about the Postal Service if he did. It didn't matter. It, listen, I believe he probably went to sleep talking about the Postal Service. He, he that's, that consumed his thoughts. I don't know if he's going postal or what, but he, but that was that was all that he thought about. That's all he talked about. That's all that, and, and 
and I'll be honest with you, I didn't want I didn't care much about it. I don't care that much about the postal service, all right? I, I didn't want to hear about that. I could care less how many people work down there and how long they have to work. I just get my mail to the house on a timely basis, and that's all I care about, okay? That's all that bothers me about. That's all I want. But, buddy, I mean, I knew the ins and outs. I knew who wasn't doing their job and who was doing their job. And, and, uh, and, and boy, you know, those things. I don't care about all that. But there are some folks that, can, that, that all they consider and all, they can, all that consumes their thoughts is work. Brother Mike made mention of a man this morning talking to me and said he was a very wealthy man. Very, very wealthy man and said he, he, he spent all of his time trying to figure out how he could make another dollar. Spent all of his time trying to do that. And uh, I, I, I'm not that way. I mean, I, and I thank God I'm not that way. But here, here's the thing. What consumes your mind and my mind could be two different. What about recreation? It's a good time of the year to preach on this. Because you can come into the church service most of the time and instead of hearing about lost folk needing to be saved, you'll hear about what we got on our game campus. I'm about to shout right there. And that's what we'll talk about at the supper, at the supper table. It consumes us. If it's not that, it could be baseball or bass fishing or or. I don't know what some of you ladies do, but whatever y'all do, okay? What, 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 you know, those type of things would, uh, may be things that would, would consume us. Uh, what about unclean thoughts? What about filthiness? Immorality? You ever get that dwelling on your mind? Nobody's going to stand up and shout about that, I know. But that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a problem in America today. And let me go ahead and go the, go the extra mile and tell you this. It's a problem in most Baptist churches today. Where that people, we have devices at our every, every wherever we want. We got tablets, we got phones, we got televisions, we got this and that. And, and one of them's just as bad as the other. Amen. One of them's just as wicked as the other. You got the, the social networks that you just about can't turn on sometimes without being bombarded with filth. Okay? And what that does is plant seed in your mind. It causes a curiosity to be built. In your mind. Now I'm not going to ask for anybody to volunteer or say anything like that, but I'm pretty sure that most probably there's there may be somebody that that has at times been guilty of this very thing, of allowing that thing to have place in your mind to begin to think. And you know what that is when? Let me just be blank, plain blank with you. When you When you, sir, begin to look at another woman, don't, don't matter if it's on a social network or if it's on, on the computer, and you begin to have thoughts of immorality about her, 
Let me tell you what you've done. You've committed adultery. That's what's happened. You've committed adultery already in your heart. Preacher, we didn't come here to hear this tonight. When you, you hear it, unless you leave, you're going to hear it till I get through. But the thing about it is that what consumes your thoughts? Do you have fearful thoughts or angry thoughts? You stay angry a lot of times? Uh, here's what to do. Preacher, if I, if I have these problems, what do I do? You've not told me what to do. Well, the scripture we read told us what to do. You got to bring them things into captivity. He said, "The weapons of our warfare are not are, are warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down. Listen, casting down imaginations and every high thing that, it ex, that it exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ." What I need to do, preacher. Those things, if, if there's something you're, that probably there's something has already came through your mind tonight. Probably there's something that's already crossed your mind. When, when I, what consumes your thoughts? What, what do you think of more than you do anything else? If it wasn't God and if it wasn't the, the, the Scripture, then whatever it is, write it down. I don't mean where everybody can see it, but write it down. When you come across these things, write them down. Then what do I need to do with that? Then you take them to God and you confess them to God and say, God, I need help with these things. God, I can't help. I can't make it through. I have failed every way I could, God, with, with dealing with these things. And God, this, the, these things, are, I, I love to, God, I love to play more than I love to pray. God, I love to, I love to hunt and fish more than I do go to church. I love to, to, I love to be around my family more than I do around the church people. I, I'll drop church for a second just to go be with my family. And I ain't expecting you to shout. But I'm telling you that those things need to be brought under obedience. That those things need to be confessed. And you'll never be as holy as you need to be if you don't get control over what consumes your thought process. Bringing every thought into captivity. Bringing it into God. Telling God, God, I'm capturing this thing. And God, listen, I like what he said here in this thing. Every thought to obedience. To the obedience of what? Of Christ. God, I want to be faithful to, to the Lord Jesus. I want to be obedient to Christ. I, I want Christ to be honored and glorified with me. I want Christ to be to be exalted in my life. And God, he can't be when I don't think on the right things. Bring every thought into captivity. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter mentioned this scripture just a minute ago verse number 28 but I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her 
hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. In his heart. I could ask the question tonight, how many adulterers are in the house? How many adulteresses are in the house tonight? It's very sobering. Folks, it can't be looked over and continue to be looked over. We need to deal with these things. What occupies your mind? What do you watch on TV? What do you scroll through on Facebook? Is there ever a time when you almost get caught when you're on the Internet? Do you often have thoughts that you're ashamed to allow others to know about? If I'm ashamed for Joe to know about the thoughts that I have, I ought to certainly be ashamed that God knows about them. Don't you think so? If I'm ashamed for my wife to know about something, I sure ought to be ashamed that God knows about it. It ought to break my heart that the holy God of heaven knows about me and knows about things that I would think of that's not correct and not right. What I do, preacher, confess them things and bring them to him. Have you ever confessed them? Well, preacher, I have, but I still feel if you've confessed them to God, God said he's faithful and just to forgive them. He's cast them as far as the east is from the west. Now, what do I do about that? You, can, you keep confessing. You keep going back and getting, praying, God, help me with this thing because I'm weak. I'm weak. God, I can't handle it on my own. It takes more than just confessing, Brother Mike. It takes doing what Joseph did. It takes fleeing. You, you can't just confess it and say, I, God, I've sinned, and then Present it before you again. You've got to, you've got to flee from it. I've known folks that have to, and I, I appreciate this. I appreciate that about them. I've known folks that have had to do away with social media in their life because of that. And that's that's good. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. What we need to do is understand that our flesh is wicked, our heart is evil continually. It's desperately wicked. And it's evil continually before God. And, and what, we, what we need is, is, is we need the help of God in order to make it and in order to, to overcome this thing. We cannot overcome it without confessing things to God. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter number 3 verse 1. I'm going to read down through verse 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For you're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Oh, my goodness, right there. There is a powerful, powerful statement in the Word of God. 
Are your affections often revolved around people more than they are around Jesus? Would you answer that to yourself tonight? Where are your affections? Where are your desires? Where is your love? Those affections tonight. The Lord said set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. We'll spend any amount of money that we can to satisfy our flesh. Amen. We'll buy whatever we can buy to take care of our flesh. Then grunt and growl and rob from God. Y'all okay tonight? I mean, seriously. And we wonder, why ain't God blessing our church? Why ain't God, why ain't folks being saved? Why, why ain't we, and all some of us can do is think of a tale that we can hear and go tell it somewhere else. Where are your affections? What are you more passionate about in your life? What holds more passion in your life? God help us. God help me. I'm preaching to myself just like I am to you. I want you to know that. What holds, what are you, what are you more passionate about? What excites you more? Is Christ a priority? Is he? You know what we need to do? Confess to God our findings. Then ask Him to transform our minds. Be not conformed to this world. Be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of what? Your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The transforming of our, that means our mind has got to be changed. Amen. If we're going to, if we're going to overtake these, these wicked thoughts, if we're going to get victory over this, we've got to have the Lord to transform our mind. Buddy, you've got to be careful what you put in there. Because it's not that that goeth in that defileth, that that comes out. But what does go in will produce fruit. And it will come out. Confess to God. Ask Him to transform us. Your affections can change. You know that? They can change. There was a time in my life and I, I'm, I'm, I'm a poor example to be using, but I'm just thinking of one thing. And There was a time in my life when all I thought about was baseball. That, that consumed me. Twelve months a year. I'd go, I, I played ball every day. Okay? It, it consumed me. 
had to make a decision one day. I told you all about that. Hurt junior college back in Mississippi Gulf Coast Junior College back then. I had to make a decision. Was I going to obey God? Or was I going to follow my flesh? I'm going to tell you, the devil will bring it up to you all the days of your life and say, you don't ever know what could have happened. But what I, what's helped me is I said, you know what, old devil, you're exactly right. I don't know what could have happened. But I'm glad that God's able to change my ambition. Psalm chapter 1 and verse number 2. I'm about done. Bible describes this man here that in chapter two, in, in cha- verse two of chapter one, he said, "But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his and and, and and in his law does he meditate day and night." You want to have have your affection changed? We're back here again where we were this morning. But the Word of God is what it's going to take. The Word of God is what it's going to take. And lastly, Psalm 119, verses 15 and 16. The psalmist said, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Folks, tonight, I ask you, I've been brief, but I've said a lot. How's your mind? What about your thoughts? Is there something that you need to tell God about? Say, God, I can't keep on this track. It's going to ruin me. It's going to ruin my family. It's going to ruin my children. God, it's going to ruin our church. God, I can't keep on this way. I need some help. God said if you'd confess it to him, he's faithful and just to forgive you. Notice this. And to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I'm like the old boy, like old Paul said to the old boys on the boat. For sirs, I believe God.